This podcast is brought to you, as always, by betonline.ag. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani A. Lunis, joined by A. Sherrod Blakely, my co-host with the most, as you say. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Kwani. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. I haven't let the fame get to my head just yet. Well, well I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad that we, you haven't elevated yourself to human bobblehead status. Uh, because once you hit that that HBS zone, you, there's no coming back from that. So I'm I'm glad to see that you've got time for us little people now that Wait, you get. What's a human bobblehead status when you have your? Unless when you get so big, you just walk around like a human bobblehead. Oh, yeah, you get that big in life where where we can't say anything to you, and you know we <laughs> actually have to get a chiropractor at, because to deal with you because we're so looking up to you all the time. We get the stiffness in our neck, but you okay. ain't there yet, Kwani. And I'm, okay. glad, I'm glad you still got time for us little people. Much no, that's not a goal, so I'm going to keep that in mind now. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that, that is a goal uh, is that, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get into the Celtics and specifically for agency. And when we were putting the show together, uh, the Celtics and their free agency, they had done about as much as you and I have done mm-hmm. uh, as far as bringing in talent to Boston, which was right. nothing. <laughs> and then... The, the gift that kept on giving when he was a Celtic and his cancer is back, baby. It's so funny because last week you asked me about, I think you asked me if we would want to see him back here in Boston. And I think I said no. We, oh, no, no, that was Javante. That was Javante because of the social media. Javante, but Javante and his different players, but definitely have Same. that engagement. Mm-hmm giving you content, giving you something to talk yes. about. And the thing I, I like about Ennis Cantor, and he got into this to a certain extent when he was in Boston, but, you know, just his views beyond the playing field, the way that he, he – and he's got a lot of different things going on with him as far as things that he's passionate about yeah. outside of basketball, uh, things that have a much more global uh, impact and things of that nature. And I love that about it because – whether you agree or disagree with him, the fact is he's not about that shut up and dribble lifestyle that I think some people want athletes to be about, um, which I, I always find interesting because the, the fact that you're a basketball player doesn't mean you're a human. Uh, right. Because if you work if you work at the, the nearby Foot Locker or you work at the le- local grocery store, when you get with your people, when you get with your friends, when you get when you're around folks, you talk about stuff other than your job. Exactly. You have interest beyond what your job is, and so. I don't. I've never understood why we should think athletes are any different. Now, obviously, with athletes, you have the potential to, you know, impact the decisions and impact the thoughts that others will have on issues. But for the most part, you know, you you kind of whatever lane that you're in, that's the lane that you navigate in. And if people want to rock with you, they can. And if they don't, they don't. Yeah. Uh, the days of you know Republicans buy sneakers too that Michael Jordan infamous, infamously said years ago. That's no longer the case. Uh, so I, again, I, I I love the fact that he's uh, he has a voice outside of basketball. But if you want to keep it strictly on basketball, yeah, he's considering what they are getting from him. Considering the role that he's going to play, this is one of those signings. All I wanted from the Celtics was to feel like, meh, that's not bad, because mm-hmm. I know they can't do they can't make a big splash. And they're not going to overpay for anyone. It's basically, eh, that's not bad. Ennis is actually a good sign. He is actually, uh, he's actually a player that can help them. Uh, and it's not going to break the bank. So I'm cool with this sign. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think when you look at the depth of the big man role for the Celtics, when Ennis was here, 
a lot of that responsibility fell on him because it was right. just him and Robert Williams. But now that Al Horford's back, you're not really relying on just one person. It looks as though I'm not sure what Ime Udoka will decide when it comes to his dev chart, but either way, it will seem like at least they're splitting duties versus one person being solely responsible. And then them both having that veteran experience on the floor, I think is very important. Obviously, I think we all can agree that Al will take on more of a leadership role, but having Ennis back, he does know the organization. He's familiar with the fans base and the fans overall in the city. I think it is a good fit. Like you said, at first it was, I did question it when I first Hmm. heard that he was re-signing that one-year deal, but now that I've thought about it a little more, it definitely does make sense, especially with the limitations of the salary cap for the Celtics. That's a, a steal, I think, in that sense. Yeah, and, but the, the the one, well, the couple things. The, one of the things I do like about it is that when Brad took over, one of the things he did talk about was that he wants to get guys on the team that can basically augment slash complement what Jalen and Jason do. Mm-hmm. And when they played with Ennis, they were pretty good. When they were all on the floor together, I think they 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 uh, I think their plus minus was like almost ten uh, per game, which is really good. Yeah. But you know, getting all three of those guys together at the same time, playing at the same time with injuries, illnesses, et cetera, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. was a lot harder to do. But the the one thing that I, I will say is that around the time when they announced that 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 he was coming on board was around the time that Aaron Baines was let go from Toronto. I did see that, and, yeah. And Aaron Baines, you know, he was making like seven, $7.5 million a year in Toronto, which was way more money than the Celtics were willing to pay for him. But if he's released and you can get him for pennies on a dollar, yeah, uh, it might – but, but the problem with him is that, one, you already had Ennis in the fold, and, two, yeah. Baines has some physical issues that are keep that will keep him out of the Olympics going forward, which is mm-hmm. great news for Team USA because that Australia team – one of the things that they could have given the U.S. some problems with is their size. So Aaron mm-hmm. Baines out of the mix, good for Team USA, not yeah. so good for Australia, not obviously not good for Baines. But that's the only hesitation I had when they got, you know, Ennis. It was just like, yeah, they got Ennis. But damn, they could have. Uh, but yeah, no, that's and, a really good point. Because I just remember how well Baines and Al Horford played together, and I mm-hmm. it was to me it was a really surprising one-two punch in the front court because. Baines was a better uh, pick-and-roll switch defender than I thought he I thought he was just, you know, this big Australian redhead stiff who, you know, nice guy, funny as hell, funny as hell. But he's not really moving the needle as far as being a basketball player. But I thought he did a great job of helping solidify and anchor that defense along with Al Horford. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not – it's just this wasn't meant to be. Uh, and when you talk – the guy that Celtics fans had eyes on ball, uh, New Orleans, and he was one of the first guys off the board. I mean, it was almost like like Chicago was that was that kid waiting for the the free agency period to start. Who's like that kid waiting to jump into that double dutch? They were just like, as soon as it hit, as soon as they say we can start talking, oh, about it, right. we, like that. we know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to jump in. We're going to kill it right at the bat, and they did. That was a really good pickup for them. Uh, certainly a, a big blow to the Celtics, but if the Celtics you were seriously think the Celtics would have taken Lonzo though, see, everyone kept saying, "Where? Why didn't we get Lonzo?" But like, they never really had a chance. 
Um, yeah. But it was great to talk about because there was a pathway by which they could have acquired him, but it would require him wanting to come to Boston, which there was no indication that was the case. It would have required the Pelicans seeing something in the Celtics roster, i.e. Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. that they would want in return. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if the Celtics are as committed to having him part of their big three going forward as yeah. a lot of people think. I mean, he's coming off a career year. He made more threes this last season than Trey Young. So Lonzo had a good season in yeah. New Orleans. Don't sleep on what he can do. Mm-hmm. But I'm not convinced that's the guy that the Celtics had in mind uh, as far as being part of their big three. But certainly uh, wish him a lot of luck in Chicago. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's going to be a good player. And I'm not at all salty or, or disappointed that the Celtics can get him because it would have been great, but I just don't think they ever had a realistic shot. This isn't like a couple, like a few years ago when they were like trying to court uh, Kevin Durant and those guys where they had the money, they had the roster spot, they had everything that you could offer that player that pretty much any other team could offer, and they didn't get him. Mm-hmm. With Lonzo, he never really had a shot. Yeah. Well, for the Celtics, Marcus Smart is another player who hasn't been moved. It doesn't seem as though he's been talked about when it comes to some kinds of trade. Well, we haven't seen Brad necessarily make any trades. What do you think that says about Marcus's future with Boston? Well, here's the thing about Marcus and his future. When it comes to player movement, as motivated as the team that you're with is to move you, there has to be someone just as motivated to bring you on board. And I think that's where the disconnect is happening right now. There are a lot of NBA teams that like Marcus Smart. There's a lot of NBA teams that if Marcus Smart were waived today and you could get him for pennies on the dollar, he would have a line all – it would be looking like looking like, uh, looking like Popeye's looking back like in the day line. when the chicken sandwiches first came out, where you have people lined up all around the block for that sandwich, for that just to be one of the first to get that bite. And Marcus Smart would have that type of audience if they could get him for pennies on the dollar. But – Looking at his contract, which I don't think is a bad contract, but it's one where the Celtics will certainly want an asset of significance in return, probably a pick or two. Uh, when you look at the fact that he's going into this final year, which means that there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to recoup uh, what you invest in him. And let's be honest, Marcus Marcus's game is more of a specialist. Uh, he's an elite defender. Uh, he can make big shots. But the downside is he's going to take a lot of bad ones. He's going to have games where he's going, he's just not going to be able to significantly impact the game uh, as much as you would like. And again, teams have to weigh whether they want to make that investment or not. And so far, there hasn't been a situation that made sense for the Celtics or for Marcus. The good thing for him is that he will be a free agent next summer and he will get and, and that's when he can get the true test of what his value is but if i'm a celtics i'm not going to move him just to move him i'm not going to move him just to to get him off the books unless unless he tells me he wants to leave because to me this is my thing when players say you need to trade me i'm not going to fight that yeah i rather you <laughs> off my roster <laughs> because look I think people, you know, they they forget how bad it got in Houston near the end with James Harden. I mean, yeah. James Harden looked. I mean, he looked like Anthony that. Davis as well. What's that? Even Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Right, right. But I think about James Harden, where I mean, it was looking like he was showing up at games. He might as well have had a Slurpee in one hand and, and a taquito in, in the other. I mean, he was just like bro man chilling. And mm-hmm. he would go out there because he's so ridiculously talented. He could be fat and out of shape and still get sixteen and seven. 
but you knew you knew that this is this is just a bad look. You got to do something yeah. about this because he was not engaged at all. And once he got to Brooklyn, lo and behold, you got him dropping dimes. He giving you the 25, 10, and eight three pack every game. Brooklyn, all of a sudden, he, he's doing everything that you thought he could do, and you saw him do at Houston at times. Except he seems happy about it. He wants yeah. to do it, and so yeah. you don't want to keep a guy hostage in this league. Uh, and and my- Marcus Smart, I don't think he would be a James Harden, but I do think that when you go out and the world is that you want out and that team is saying, well, we don't move you, this is not going to work uh, because yeah. everything you do as a player is going to be hyper-scrutinized and it just won't be fair to Marcus. He could mm-hmm. have a game where he goes like four for 13 and it could just be one of those nights because everyone has those nights. But right. if people know that you want out, they're going to look at that differently than if he just had a bad game. They're going to look at it, oh, he was intentionally trying to not play well, which I don't think players necessarily do. But James Harden is the exception to that rule because he was doing every damn thing he could to say, Houston, y'all see what I'm doing, y'all, right? You see this, right? You see that Slurpee on a, on a bench just waiting for me, right? You see you see my, my taquito. You see you see my Mexican oh my food right next to me, right? All right. <laughs> you see that? Yeah. Get rid of me. Marcus yeah. will not do the Celtics like that. He yeah. will give, but the but the thing about Marcus is he has those games where he just doesn't play well, yeah. and I do think people will, will lock in on that and use that as an excuse for um, for him not wanting to be here. When in fact, is I, I think it'll be just what it typically is. He just has a bad game, mm-hmm. and he still is the longest tenured Celtics going on eight seasons. Currently, now, so. currently, currently, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, and again, it's, you know, and, and you're starting to see more and more movement throughout the league. Uh, you know, Marcus is staying, but then you look at another former Celtic, Kimball Walker is on the move uh, mm-hmm. again. Uh, and here's, here's my thing about Kimball Walker. And I love Kimba. Okay. I do. I love Kimba. I love everything that he's about as a player, but for the Oklahoma City Thunder to buy him out, it tells me two things. One, it tells me that Kimba's value, which I didn't think was particularly high, is worse than I thought. Damn. It's worse than I thought because it, because they didn't take a bad deal to get rid of him. They took a financial hit to get yeah. rid of him. And, and Kimba and, and Oklahoma City, they did exactly what, what we're just talking about. When a guy says he wants out, which Kimba clearly wanted out, he wasn't trying yeah. to be a part of rebuild. And then that's what you do. But if you are a player of a certain value, you already know what the secret sauce is to get a deal done with OKC. Give him a pick or two. That's all you got to do. You can, I mean, if you say, hey, look, I got this piece of lint and I got a, a rusty nail, and OKC is like, okay, get, I'll take those, but give me a first round pick. And we can make it happen. They yeah. could they could not get a deal done for Kimba. And it says a lot about his value because I you can rest assured they try hard as hell to yeah. move him and trade him and get something in return to the point where they realized they just couldn't. And yeah. that scares me a little bit for Kimba because it means that there, there's a there's a reason why, because teams did their homework. And so it makes the deal that the Celtics did with Oklahoma City look even better. Yeah. They were able to get a deal done for him. OKC wasn't. And everybody knows OKC is all about doing deals these days. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out to Brad Stevens for actually being able to get that deal done to move Kimba. And, again, I wish the best for Kimba in New York. 
uh, yeah. which is where he's, he's reportedly heading. But um, yeah, assuming he stays on that roster, it's definitely a homecoming for him. But it does make you wonder: is it that lingering knee injury, the, yeah. the surgery that he had? They must. I'm assuming they had, like you said, the inspections, the the health test or whatever before mm-hmm. they decided to, you know, buy him out. So if that's the case, will he even be able to play in New York? And that's right. And, and I, I feel bad about that because, like I said, Kim is a good dude. Yeah. And I love I love the fact that guys like because when you think about Kimba Walker in his basketball career and, and again, it extends beyond the NBA. It goes back to when he was at UConn, goes back mm-hmm. to when he was at high school balling in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And the iconic moments in Kimba Walker's basketball life have happened on that Madison Square Garden floor. I mean, yeah. I will it yeah. will forever be ingrained in my head watching Brad Wanamaker at Pitt try to guard him. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they get a switch. And Brad Watermaker is off the ball, and he's looking at Kimba, and Brad is thinking like, "Damn, I gotta, I gotta switch back, I gotta switch back," but he doesn't. And so, big fella got his ankles broke badly. Kimba raises up, wins the game, boom. Those Knicks fans are gonna want to see some of that. Yeah. Knicks fans are gonna hold on to those memories, and I hope that Kimba Walker can deliver that because, again, good guy has done things the right way throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there really wasn't a market. Uh, to trade him in uh, the fact that there wasn't anything that OKC could realistically do that would get them something in return. It does not speak well for Kimball Walker um, and his chances. But I tell you what, Kwani, I tell you what, what does speak well, I'm going to tell you what speaks well. <laughs> BetOnline.ag, our sponsors. We love them. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. As we are literally talking right now, I got my eye on baseball. I don't have any money on this game, but betonline.ag is the place that I would certainly be going if I were betting on this particular game that I'm watching right now. Uh, Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sports. Uh, And, again, real-time updated odds and and props and almost anything and everything. Uh, Like I mentioned to you guys like last week, you can even like bet on on just like stuff like Dow Jones average type stuff, like bit, like stuff that you wouldn't even imagine. Like there's a market for that, but damn it, there is. Uh, so Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And before you again head over there, remember the 50% welcome bonus that we have, and with the CNLS50 is the promo code CLNS50 promo code to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, Kwani. Yes. We love betonline.ag. We do. They've been in the game. They got some yeah. skin in the game. They really do. <laughs> but you know who else has got like some miles in, and they've been in the game for a minute? The new look Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, you know, here's the thing about their team now. On paper. You're looking at this roster, and we talk about LeBron. Yeah, you got Which I have a deleted tweet to read. Yeah, you got uh, Russell Westbrook. You got Carmelo Anthony. You got Dwight Howard. You got Anthony Davis. You got Trevor Reza. You know, you got Kent Bazemore coming off the bench. I like Kent Bazemore. He's got a little dog in him. Uh, you got, you know, old man Mark Gasol still in the building. Here's the thing. This is a absolute, without question, championship roster. Yeah. This were 2017. Because if this was four years ago, this would be the death squad lineup. They would they could take you out one through eight without hesitation. I think this group is going to be very good. Yeah. I think I think they're going to win a lot of games because that's just what LeBron James crews do when mm-hmm. LeBron James is healthy. 
but I'm not quite ready to anoint them the team to beat in the West because I think Golden State is going to be coming back with a vengeance. I think the Clippers, I think you can kind of cast them to the side because without Kawhi, I just don't think they're going to be at that championship caliber level. Mm -hmm. Phoenix is bringing the band back for the most part, so yeah. let's not sleep on them. Yeah. Utah ain't going nowhere. Denver's not Denver. going anywhere. Yeah. So I think the Lakers are going to be good, but I'm not I'm not as hyped of them winning a championship because this is 2021, not 2017. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I understand that roster is stacked, but when it comes down to it, how are they going to play together? LeBron, how is he – he is still good at this age, but how is he going to pull all of this talent together and really create another championship, which obviously is his goal. And I wanted to bring up this tweet because LeBron listens to all the hate on the oh, internet. Listen, as we know. He does. And he, he and the thing I love about LeBron is he, more times than not, he's smart enough to use that hate for good. Oh, so, sure. Absolutely. He'll use it to motivate him. But he tweeted and he actually deleted it uh, a few hours later saying, keep talking about my squad, our personnel ages, the way he plays, he stays injured. We're past our time in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please. And I mean, please keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag thank you. Listen. King emoji. The banana boat crew is ready to hit the <laughs> Hit the he ground running. is not here for anything y'all are saying. Keep that I same energy. That. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I will. I absolutely yeah. will because because here's my thing. That group is going to win a lot of games, and we're going to yeah. be talking about them all season. But let, let's, here's the thing. LeBron James, when the season starts, will be 36. Russ, yeah. the young man of the crew, 32. Carmelo, 37. Now, Anthony Davis is only 28, but then you look at Dwight Howard is 35, Trevor Ariza, 36, Gasol is 36. I mean, this is a team that when you start looking at their top seven, eight players, damn near every one of them is in their early to mid 30s, which if you got like one or two, maybe three guys in that mix, then it's like you're considered a veteran team. When you got like six or seven, yo, you got that team that's going to be knocking cats out at the Y and at 35 and up league, you're going to be dominated. We'll be done. I this is my this is my theory. This team will will go as far as LeBron's health will take them, because I think they can absorb health issues with those other guys, and I think they will. I think you're going to see games where others, just because of the fact that the wear and tear on their bodies over time, it's going to catch up to them, and they're going to miss some games. There's going to be a lot of load management with this crew, management. which to me is, is is crazy when you got like damn usually you have like one or two maybe three guys you got a load manage they're gonna yeah. have like seven <laughs> they're gonna have i mean it's it's just like they're gonna they're gonna be like that that pickup team where it's just like you know yo are you in i don't really feel like going today what about you man they got me down for 28 minutes i'm at 26 yeah. and it's just like who who won in the game who who, who will play and lebron's gonna be like all right y'all i'll play I guess I'll play. And, and and that, to me, is what makes me nervous about this team. They've got so many guys that they're going to have to manage their minutes. They're going to be – a. it's going to be hard for them to get to the finish line where all those guys are healthy, fresh, ready to play, ready to contribute. Yeah. That's why, again, out west, it's going to be hard for them to get out west. And if they somehow manage to be the last team standing out west – the champs, Milwaukee Bucks, they ain't going nowhere. Shout out to my man Shimmy Ojale latching on with the oh, champs. Yeah. Shout out. 
I don't know if you had a chance. I think it was on uh, Instagram or Twitter. I can't remember, but he, he did. He did. Uh, thanks for for uh, uh, letting me be here in Boston yeah. and, and getting to know the fan base thing. And it was really cool. But yeah. for those of us who know Shimmy Ojale, that's such a Shimmy Ojale thing to yeah. do. So uh, I wish him the best of luck with the Bucks. Um, but you got Milwaukee. You got Brooklyn, who that big three is, and they got and they're even. And here's the thing: they were really good last year. I thought in terms of their overall depth, mm-hmm. they're as good, if not better, this yeah. year. I mean, Miami's back now. Yeah. I mean, one of the guys I know we talked about a little bit was Patty Mills and just how he could be a nice addition to the Celtics, someone who might actually play and mm-hmm. help him win games. Now the, the Nets got him, and he's not going to play a ton of minutes, but he's a guy that if a couple guys go down or if Kyrie's having you know one of those Kyrie days and he doesn't want to play or doesn't feel like playing or can't play, you got somebody who can go out there and get you some buckets. Yeah. Um, someone who can make some shots. So th- – the Lakers are going to have a very difficult time winning that next championship. And for Celtics fans, that is absolute news to their ears because the one thing Celtics fans don't want to see, they don't, it's not even about just the Lakers having success. They are now tied with the Lakers for the most championships in NBA history. And the last thing green teamers want to see Mm -hmm. is Lakers raising banner 18 before they do. Yep. That's the last thing they want to see, especially when they've been holding on to that lead for so long. Especially when Bill terrible. Russell, especially when Bill Russell and the boys gave them a nice lead. Exactly, uh, they, they gave them a nice, nice lead. So um, that that Lakers team, though, if if you're the Celtics, I mean, you know, you're, you're you're, and we'll talk about the Celtics in a little bit, but that Lakers team is going to be very interesting to see. Uh, and along the same lines of being interesting, and I wanted to talk to you about Bradley Beal, hmm. who we've talked about a lot. Ben Simmons, him and Kawhi, freaking all day, <laughs> and then and then Dame Lillard, who again, yeah. that's another name that you're going to hear from time to time interspersed with the Celtics because Dame Lillard is looking more and more like a guy who is, at some point, whether it's it's official or not official, now he's going to be looking to be moved at some point. Yeah. Um, I think he's at that point in his career where it's not about money, it's not about All Star appearance, it's not about the fame, it's about being in a place where you can be a winner. Exactly. He wants a ring. Exactly. He's trying to get that ring. You want to put a <laughs> ring on it. Yeah. So I'm curious though, Ben Simmons. I mean, yeah. what would you what would you want would like how I guess what are you what would you be willing to give up for Ben Simmons? For the Celtics? For the Celtics or any team, like what type of player or players would you be willing to give up for Ben Simmons? Or what would you want from Ben Simmons if he if he were to join your team? Crickets, insert cricket sound. That's okay because that's like that's like saying what does what has been what has been going to do when he's wide open at the basket. That's my thing. I'm trying to figure out how he would fit in on a, this. Cur- I'm thinking current Celtics roster. Obviously, things would be moved around for him to be on the Celtics, and I would imagine that would be one of those you got to give up Marcus Smart things as well. That would be yeah. And if, if that, yeah, and if that was like the biggest piece that you got to give up, yeah. Then- I mean, you're, you're, you're probably okay with that, especially when yeah. Mark is going into his last year and you're unlikely to re-sign him for the kind of money that he wants. I think with Marcus Smart, it'll be a situation similar to what we just saw with Evan Fournier, where there's the player and the value the player believes they have in the league, yeah. and then there's the league validating that value. Yeah. And then if you're the Celtics, like, yeah, they think you're worth that, but we really weren't yeah. looking to pay that much. Yeah. And so then they leave, and, 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 all, and all is good. But – for me, with Ben Ben Simmons, I honestly think at the end of the day, he's not going to be traded. I don't think, and 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 here's why I think that because 
Philadelphia, I think right now is asking way more than, than Ben Simmons is, is worth. I mean, they're, they're like asking for like a, a young, talented, on the rise, quasi all-star, and they want picks. And teams are like, wait a minute, you want me to give up a, a quasi starter, who, by the way, can probably score, and give you a couple of picks, who are probably players that when you draft them are going to be able to score, for a guy who is not going to forget about score, he ain't even trying to shoot. Yeah, He has actually regressed in terms of being a scoring threat than from what he was when he first came to the league. And you don't see that from young players. Guys in this league are like chomping at the bit, foaming at the mouth to get shots up. They want to shoot. They want to get buckets. And he's complete opposite of that. And I think Doc Rivers is just going to run it back. Uh, And I think because they're not going to get the kind of offers that they feel are frankly worth moving him for. They need to lower the number and let him go elsewhere, though, because it it doesn't seem like he's going to be successful in Philly. The same way Markel Fultz had to go to Orlando to just get that confidence, Ben might need to do the same thing. It's not working in Philly. And if Doc Rivers couldn't help him last season, I'm not exactly sure what he could do this season to really bolster that confidence. I think he's got to go somewhere like Sacramento. Yeah. Where you go there, you try to reestablish a value, and you leave them once you start developing a jump shot, and now you want to win. Yeah. Um, because I think ben, I think Ben Simmons, he he has to – I think at some point he's got to realize that as long as he is going to limit himself as an offensive threat, he's going to limit his team's chances of being successful. And if you go to Sacramento, where for them, success is like getting into the playoffs. He can do that. Yeah. He can absolutely help that team get that seventh, eighth seed. And they've got some young talent when you start looking at their roster where if you're Philadelphia, you wouldn't mind having Halliburton on your squad. You wouldn't mind having, you know, one of their point guards on your roster. They've got some pieces where I think they could potentially put something together. But I think that's the type of team that Ben Simmons would need to go to. But here's the thing that the to me, the, 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 the X factor in all this, you have to have an organization smart enough to put that deal on the table. And I don't think the Kings are. I think the Kings are thinking, nah, we, we're good with our young guys. We're just going to develop them and, and keep fighting for that number nine spot in the West. And I'm thinking like, okay, but Ben could actually fit in well with your guys who like to score because he'll be good with that. And you won't have the pressure of trying to win a championship. Just get to the damn playoffs and shit, that, that'll get you damn paraded in Sacktown. If you get to the second round, you are looking at, you might have a statue raised. If you get them to the second round of playoffs, you just might get a statue first year in a job. So he needs to be in a situation where winning isn't at it, it isn't winning or bust. It's just success is simply getting to the postseason. What you do there, that don't matter. Just get there. That's what they want. That's a really good point. He just yeah, the big market life, Philly, Boston, New yeah. York. I mean, New York's questionable. But these big cities, they want winners. And yeah. if Ben can't put up threes at the moment, then that's not really. Listen, I would love for him to just put up layups and dunks when you yeah, got Because the lasting image that we all have, that most of us have been, is him having a layup in a in a series clinching game and him passing to a guy who was contested and then him admitting afterwards that he passed because he thought he would get fouled. That's, that, that, that's, look, say what you want about Giannis and his, his jacked up free throw shooting, but Giannis ain't backing away from no chances to score. He ain't trying to dodge guys who are trying to follow. In fact, he embraces that. And when he misses the free throws, he's just like, okay, I'm still coming. You do realize that I'm still going to try to dunk on you. And if you follow me, I'm going to shoot the free throws. I may not make it, but I'm still taking them. I'm not going to be scared of the moment. And now you you had mentioned Kwani a second ago about just uh, winning and and, and markets and and things like that. And 
when I think about Bradley Beal, I think that's a bigger deal for him. I think I think he really, if he is to be moved, it's going to be to a major market. And and we were talking about this on Garden Report uh, a couple nights ago, and we we kind of floated this idea. And I think there there may be something to it that Bradley Beal and the Celtics and Tatum they may be playing us all for the long game, where they're going to say all the right things now. Yeah, he's a great player. Well, you know, blah blah blah, and already have an idea that maybe he's going to be on that twenty to 23 Celtics team because at that point he could join and it wouldn't he could the core specifically Jalen and Jason won't have to leave you won't have to trade one of them in order to get him because his thing is what most of really good players are who are in bad situations they want to go somewhere where they're winning he knows coming to Boston if Jalen leaves it doesn't significantly increase his chances of being successful so play the long game be a good soldier let the Wizards put this, that, and the other around you. And then when it's, when next summer rolls around, flash the peace sign. But if I'm Bill, why would you want to wait? Because why if prolong you prolong any opportunity to potentially get injured, potentially anything? I don't want to, you know. But right. the, the NBA is not a given year by year. So when you have the opportunity to dip, you dip. <laughs> right. But I, I think for him – it may be, uh, uh, again, the long game is winning. And remember, Bradley Beal's like, I think he's 28 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not like he he's, he's you know, this this ain't Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. You know, the only member of the Banana Boat crew who's never been to the to the NBA Finals. Know, so so I'm, I'm ha- part of me wants the Lakers to do at least get to the NBA Finals or at least get Carmelo. to the conference. And they'll get to the NBA Finals because not that CP3 has been there. Yeah. Melo's like the only one of the Banana Boat crew that ain't been there. And that's kind of jacked up. Like, whenever you get together with your boys and they all have the oh, yeah, yeah, same experience. Yeah. LeBron got four chips. You know, Wade's got three chips. Paul came two wins away from getting his first yeah. chip. And there go Melo, one of the all-time great scores in NBA history. You got none. You, you in the corner. You're not doing the corner. You're just sipping your drink. All right. You're talking. You sipping your drink. <laughs> Somebody jumped on Twitter. They might as well just bring Dwayne Wade out of retirement. If you might as well, like. you might as well. Dwayne, Dwayne would be the perfect add-on to that team. He probably uh, still got it too. I would love to Dwayne, see him back on the court. I think Dwayne still got maybe ten minutes in him. Right, to get you maybe three, four points. Either beginning of the game or the end of the game. Somewhere important. Start him. Right, and take him and take him out with take the, him when out you first when you make your first substitution, like six, seven, eight minutes in the game. He's coming out. Give me four good minutes and then we're done. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think Bradley Bill, I think I, I I think that he wants to give the Wizards one last chance. And I think he's also has a sense of where he would want to play. Uh, and I think it's great that him and Tatum are spending so much time together this summer, getting to know each other beyond just you used to be my babysitter. And now adults. It's different when we, you get older and you get that connection with someone. Right. Get and to know them on that level. Right, and getting a chance to play with each other. I mean, even, even if it's just practice, like just actually getting a feel for it's what he practice. likes, what he doesn't like, little things that mean so much uh, to players. He's getting that opportunity over the summer, and I, 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 it just, I'm looking at that 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 free agency class, and Bill just makes the most sense, particularly if you can find a way to add him to the mix and not cost you Jalen and Jason. And if truth be told, even if you were to make it move for Bill. Does that make you a top four team in the East? I don't think so. Um, does that make you a championship team? Hell no. Definitely not a championship team, let alone top four. So if that doesn't move the needle significantly, why would you do that deal? That's a good um, point. 
So I, I, my gut tells me that they're going to play the long game with him. And uh, as far as Dame Willard is concerned, you know, you'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear his name come up uh, as someone that the Celtics, maybe they should target. Yeah. And I love Dame. I love the fact that he be, be knocking down shots, shots from the logo. Uh, logo Lillard is, is one of the one of the better low-key nicknames out there. But I ain't trying to bring him to the team. I'm not. I just I just think that his defensive deficiencies, it's like getting a better version of Kimball Walker as far as a guy who can score, a guy who can make some really, really great plays. But can he is he the piece that can take you over the top? Uh, and I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think. De, I don't think Dame is that dude. Uh, and again, no shade at him. No, no. Uh, he's got a great. His game is awesome. I love watching him play. Yeah, I just don't think he would be a guy that would put this team over the top. I understand what you mean. There's a lot that you would have to give up to get a piece like Lillard on the team. But then, to your point earlier about Bradley Beal, does he make you a championship contender? Does he even make you an Eastern Conference Finals contender? And I think. Yeah assuming Jalen has to be given up and a few other pieces, Jalen and Tatum together is already a duo that Boston fans already see as going to, they have already seen go to the Eastern conference final. So you remove Jalen Brown from that equation, you insert Lillard and it still feels like there's a big deficit. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a move that Brad Stevens would make unless he was really confident in there being something else that could really bring them to at least the Eastern Conference Finals. But yeah. as of now, I'm not necessarily sold on it. But I agree with you. Lillard is a phenomenal player to watch. And seeing him in Boston would be a, a treat, I think, for anyone. It would anyone. be a treat. But, mm-hmm. it, again, what is the long-term goal? And would that help the Celtics get to that goal? Right. And, and, and again, we're, we're talking about what I would like to call, you know, top shelf items here. This, this is when yeah. you go to, like, Rodeo Drive and you start <laughs> window shopping. Knowing you ain't got – you got a little bit more than lint in your pocket, but you ain't got that kind of money. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that would be nice, but I don't know if that's a good fit. That would be nice. But I tell you what, what, what we definitely, and by way, I mean the Celtics, they can definitely afford is them cats they got on their summer league squad. This this is the yeah. bend. This is that bargain basement bend. Like everything in there, you ain't even got to reach for your wallet to know you got enough money to afford these guys. <laughs> but, the, 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 but again, the issue is, are they worth it? Uh, and when I look at the summer league squad, I mean, you've got obviously Aaron Neesmith, you've got Pritchard, you've got Romeo, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got the guys that were on the team last year. Uh, Grant, Williams Edwards. Decline, though. Grant Williams huh? declined, though. Grant Williams declined the offer to play at summer league. I ain't mad at him for doing And that. I heard him get criticized on a local radio station because millennials want to take breaks. Well, listen. I am not – this is the thing that I think some people sometimes lose sight of is that when you get to the NBA, the goal is to stay in the NBA as long as you can. It becomes a business. And I think Grant Williams saw the business side of things last year in a way that I don't know if he knew it was going to be like that. I mean, Grant Williams was a guy that came in, late first-round pick, great personality, very loquacious. People, you know, talk that up about him. Uh, made a couple of nice moves early on in his in his career, but he had that stretch where he could not make a three to save his life. And he has to be able to do that as an undersized four. And then we saw this past year where, you know, Grant was logging a lot of minutes. And statistically speaking, it was a lot of empty calories. Plus minus looked good, but there wasn't anything that he was doing that you could call a discernible skill that you could rely on consistently. And to me, summer league uh, for young players, 
you're looking to establish your foundation. And I think for Grant, he would be much better served working on that part of his game in training camp. Because I don't, because if I'm him, I'm thinking, I don't want to be Gershon in, in summer league. I don't want to go to summer league. Don't play so great. Next thing you know, I'm on a flight outside the country yeah. playing in front of, instead of playing in front of thousands of fans, I'm playing in front of like a few hundred. And instead of, you know, you know, me just being part of this really great league, the, the, the most, the most talented league in the world, I'm playing for a league that's, eh, it's all right. It's all right. You don't want to be that dude. And then, and, and because once you leave the NBA, it's incredibly hard, it's hard to, get, to back. get back in. It, I mean, it's that it's the ultimate club for ballers. Once you get in, you ain't trying to leave to the club till you can't stay no more. And you hoping that you can, you know, when they start looking around, who do we need to get rid of? You need to have your drink in hand mm-hmm. and then hope that they don't see you. You need, to be, <laughs> you need to be as inconspicuous as possible. And I think for Grant, that's a smart move because I, I do think that if he were to be on the summer league team, um, I do think that he could potentially do more harm than help himself been doing that so shout out to grant williams for being smart about the game respect the game i respect smart millennials <laughs> i respect i re- absolutely respect that about him but I, but the one thing about the summer league team it's going to be the yamadar show that's who we came to see that is who we absolutely came to see but there's a now there's another guy that i want to see Who's and that? it's a guy that not a lot of people some people may remember him but He's not someone that just jumps off the pages, and that is Zach August. Played at Notre Dame. He's from. He was born in Cambridge. Uh, I think he played in Marlboro. Yeah, he played at. No, he was like a four-year guy at Notre Dame. Wait, is this a new Ten Questions with NBC Ten Boston guest? <laughs> oh wow! Promoting at every moment. Okay, buddy, look at that. From Cambridge, though, I didn't know that. That's phenomenal. That's where he was born. But but he he had a he had a good but not great career at Notre Dame, and you know. There were things about him that didn't necessarily translate well to the NBA, which is why he was undrafted. But he's 6'10", 240. Uh, he's quick, good good rim runner. Uh, you love this. He's half Greek, half Haitian. Ooh! I'm rooting for him. Yes, he speaks Haitian Creole, actually, from my understanding. Wow, his Creole's yeah. probably better than mine, too. I'm ashamed but of him. I think, I think he would be someone that, when, again, as they – and this was – and I was thinking this before they got in his cancer – but they're still probably going to look to add one more big. Uh, and so who knows? He And they may sign him to a two-way contract and go that route with him. Who knows? He's like 27, 28 years old, something like that. So age-wise, he's in a good place. Uh, experience-wise, having played a couple of years overseas, uh, he wouldn't be a bad guy to see him in a G League kind of develop and see you know, whether that's someone that you could you know, add to the, to the main team at some point. But Yamadar is the one that we're all – curious about that we all want to see um and i don't i mean what, what are your thoughts about him i mean I, I i don't know what to expect what do you think that's i'm at the same boat you have the scouters that the, immediately when you hear him everyone's on twitter like according to my research i've seen this and he's great he's a great fit for the celtics take it with a grain of salt i want to see what he does in summer league i know that's not the be all end all i've said that before summer league is really just a showcase of whatever skill sets these players have on a, it's like a, I like to see it as like that midway point between like between high school and college when you get that summer program Mm -hmm. and it's not as high paced as college will be, but you get a little adaptation to it. And I think that's what summer league is. So if we could see what Yam gives us in Las Vegas, 
and we can kind of translate that to the Celtic season, then I'll, I'll be a little more, I think, informed when I can see with my own eyes on well, that next level because it's, it's right. still a different level of basketball. Yeah, I, I've seen so many summer league superstars that became regular season. Wait, who, who, who is that? Mm-hmm. I, mean, exactly. I, I, think about, I think about a guy, Carson Edwards. I mean, Carson was great in summer league and hasn't been that great as a pro. Um, I, and I'm, I'm glad that he is on the summer league team because he's a guy that I do think has to establish some value. I do think that there is the potential for him to get Gershon if he doesn't play well. Mm. Um, I, it would not surprise me or shock me. Uh, and I hope he does well because, I mean, I look back at his career at Purdue, hell of a shooter. I uh, look back at some of the games he's had for the Celtics where he showed flashes of being that elite Benny Johnson type of score off the bench. But there's never been enough consistency with that to where you felt that, okay, we can put him out there and he can help us. Uh, Carson has to figure out how to help teams uh, if he's not making shots. And if that's the only way that you can significantly help teams, damn it, you need to make them shots. You need to make them shots. That's and so, all you have to do. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what you got to do. And so he's a guy that, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. But it's going to be all about Yamadar uh, in summer league. And I'm just hoping that Carson Edwards can get enough touches to where he can show what he can do. And I'm hoping my man Zach from Cambridge uh, can play well enough to where he at least gets on the radar and becomes someone that they can give some thought to as far as is this a guy we can add to the roster or is this a guy that we should maybe talk to about doing two-way? And, you know, it's it's a good – it would be a great dilemma for them to have where you can have a young guy like that that you could potentially add to the fold. So I'm feeling it's be that. exciting. I'm actually looking forward to Summer League. That's what I'm saying. I am, I am too. I, yeah. I, I'm looking – well, for first of all, it's Summer League, and we haven't had Summer League in, in just too damn long. Um, and, you know, full disclosure, being out there for, in Vegas, it'll be good to see some folks I have not seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, a lot of you know members of the media that I that I'm used to just kind of interacting with haven't seen in months, some in a year and some change. Uh, folks that I've been calling on the phone, different uh, executives, and just you know having conversations with them. It'd be nice to have a face to face where we can actually you know there's like the stuff that we talk about, and then there's like the bullshit that we talk about. Yeah, and that's and why you keep those connections with people, even right. when you covered the Celtics and you were in the locker room versus doing a Zoom call. It's just the little things of like, oh, I like those shoes you're wearing and exactly. building that relationship. I completely understand. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I will I will ask I'll be looking very much forward to that. And I'm also looking forward. And again, I'm not obviously we're not there in Tokyo, but yo, Team USA, Jason Tatum, did they finally figure out the secret sauce to start balling? They look pretty damn good. They like, always figure it out. I feel as though I have that media bug as to you where you're supposed to freak out at the beginning. And then you're like, dang, we should have just waited a few more games for them yeah. to figure it out. But we'll see. I'm not sure yet. But like you said, Tatum is doing his thing out there in Tokyo. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about them is that, well, it's actually, it's not really cool, but along the journey, you got to get some breaks that you have, you just can't plan for. And, and for them, I think Aaron Baines and his health situation with Australia, which is the team they're going to play next, that, benefits them that mm-hmm. without question it helps team usa and then when you look at the teams that are probably the most challenging for you you know france and slovenia they're going to knock one and one of the other a watered down australian team and then the last team standing between arguably the two best teams outside of your own so they're poised to really claim that gold medal but it's not going to be easy because 
so much of their success up to this point relies on shooting because they don't have the size. They don't have the muscle to just bully ball teams. They have to make shots. And I thought Popovich has made some very interesting tweaks. He's actually done what all great coaches should do, and that's play the guys who are playing well and sit the guys who are not. Dame Lillard is used to finishing games. He's a great finisher. The other night against Spain, he wasn't looking so hot. So what did Pops do? Sat his ass down and rode the guys who were playing better. And I, and I think they're at that point now where guys understand that, you know what, if I'm not playing as much down the stretch and I'm like four for 13, that's probably why I ain't playing as much. Uh, and damn, that kid that, the kid that is playing, like Tatum, okay. Tatum, yeah, he's like six for 11, uh, he's, and he's done it in like 15 minutes. Okay, I get why he's out there playing. I think at this point, fellas have had to put their egos on, on the top shelf and let it stay there till they get that gold medal because they know at the end of the day when they get back to the league, Dame Lillard, I'm still going to bust y'all for like 40. Y'all know that, right? I mean, I may not be playing in the last eight, nine minutes of this, this game, but you do know I'm still going – I'm still logo Lillard, you know. And and Kevin Durant, yeah, listen, I'm still the Slim Reaper bringing, bringing chaos and havoc to every team that tries to guard me. So don't get it twisted if, if you see me go like six for, for 17. Don't think that I, I can't bust y'all when, when when I'm playing in the league that pays me. So I think, I think guys, Popovich, I think, has finally figured out and got a comfort level with this group because every Olympic team is different. Uh, every relationship, even if you've known guys and you've seen them for years, that team is different than the previous teams that you've had. And you've got to develop a, a level of just comfort level with them. And I think the U.S. is there, and I do think they will win the gold medal, and I think they're going to kind of show out when they win it. I don't think it's going to be nearly as close as people think. I got a feeling they're going, to, they're going to go there. They they will go there. I expect that gold as well. But one thing I thought of while you were talking was the fact that this last 365 days and even beyond when the NBA shut down in March of 2000 and what year are we in? 20. Mm. And you think about the general NBA player, assuming their team went to the playoffs in some form or fashion. They haven't stopped going in over a year. So for them to be on this international stage, finally figuring out what's wrong, Coach Popovich, like you mentioned, making those adjustments. I'm proud of Team USA already. Obviously, yeah. I want gold. I'm not here for that silver or bronze. We're trying to be part with no participation no. awards. We're exactly. trying to get participation I don't believe awards. In that. Yeah. But overall, I think all those players deserve some kind of kudos because it's been a long year, and I don't physically play a sport, so I can't imagine – having to barely have an off season over the last year and a half, barely have a vacation day and then mm-hmm. still be able to perform on the highest athletic stage in the world. So, yeah. And and I, I look at, specifically at a guy like Drew Holiday, who yeah, just who, came up winning a championship after a championship game. And, and he, he's he been started, like, no, he played. <laughs> yeah. He's been like one of their best. I mean, if you had to go down the list of like, who are the top four, top five players, he's on that list. That's wild to me. It's crazy. And and he, I love the fact that, again, he's just stepping up. He's not tripping. He's like, look, I'm just going to ball out. Mm -hmm. But I do feel bad for Devin Booker, who had to to be around him on that flight over after catching that L. Mm -hmm. That's Devin Booker, I I give him (laughs) mad props just because, you know what, I don't know if I could have been as cool with everything the way he has been. That's a long um, flight to think about the fact yeah. that you lost to this dude too. And the fact that you're trying to get that out of your mind and out your <laughs> system. And the minute and you, you get up and get some damn peanuts, 
Dig right. Again. You can't go to another country and re- decompress because you're going yeah. to the same country as the person that just beat you. Yeah. I mean, Dan, I saw Drew for like too damn long and you're still here. <laughs> I see Chris Milton, you know, and, and and I appreciate the fact that Chris and Drew weren't petty about it because yeah. they could have been real petty. They could have just been like, what's up, Dad? How you doing? You good? You good? I mean, you, you want to assume they weren't petty. Who knows what's behind the scenes was going on. But I think if they would have got petty, I think Devin would have, Devin would have tweeted about it i think that might have been what he did after he did whatever he would do when they came at him like that um devin is no punk um devin is a real one uh, I, i've gained a lot of respect for him when he got in Jokic's face during the playoffs knowing damn well Jokic has got like family members who are like he got family family he got that kind family family if something go down family there they ready they ready and and devin don't care Devin's a I, I I respect I respect him and he's one of those guys that I would think long and hard about just going there with. But anyway, um, Devin's a pro. He's handled himself like a pro. Drew, same thing with Chris Middleton. They're pros, and we are pros as well. Uh, so, Kwani, yes, you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I a do. lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gl- I'm glad you got time for us, folks. I really am. But. Uh, <laughs> Talk a little about some of the stuff you got going on, particularly some of the NBC 10 content you got working on. Yes, the show, The Hub Today, is now in its second week on NBC 10 Boston. So you still around for a second week? I'm still around. I made it to two weeks. I don't know. We got to keep me in your prayers. But it's an 11.30 a.m. show. It's a lifestyle entertainment. I've been doing the Olympic update. So after the last Olympic update, I'll just be doing a whole bunch of other things. But... It's been fun already. The energy is crazy fun. And I'm, I never consider myself to be a morning person overall. But being on this show has definitely been a, an amazing experience. So if you have the time, be sure to tune into NBC10 Boston in the morning. You can also stream it. So if you don't have a TV, you can just whip out your phone and watch it there. And I've been posting some of the clips on my social media pages as well. So I am busy, as you said. We're still doing 10 questions. The digital series, I just booked some big guests. Well, I didn't book them. I asked a request for them. I got to see if they actually get approved. But oh. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep the momentum of all the big names I've had already. I'm like, all right, can we just keep this up? So just keep, you know, keep an eye on NBC 10 Boston. Nice. I've been busy, so it's it's worth the watch. <laughs> good, good. Yes, yeah. And good stuff, too. I mean, you, you, you're highlighting some of the, the, the stuff that they're talking about with the Olympics as far as social media is concerned. And there's a lot of chatter. Uh, going on right now with Olympic athletes and, and, and some of the issues that they're dealing with. And it's, it's been good to really kind of kind of encapsulate that stuff the way you have. So good stuff, Kwani. Good Appreciate stuff. It. What have you been doing? I'm trying to stay as, as off the radar as possible, but you know how it is. There's, there's a quite work That's that impossible. way. Um, just a lot of this free agency, yeah, free agency stuff, I'll still be kind of involved with that. Uh, I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be at Summer League uh, next week in Vegas uh, doing some stuff for Bleacher Report as well as CLNS Media. Uh, I'm still writing a lot of Olympic uh, columns for ebony.com. And uh, just just staying busy. I mean, just keeping busy, lots of stuff. Uh, my kitties come back to school at Boston University uh, in a few weeks. So that'll be fun to kind of get, get them back into the swing of things. And uh, other than that, just trying to stay busy, trying to stay active, and trying to keep our betonline.ag happy. Yeah, they're the real ones. They've been... With us since the beginning, and if you haven't followed BetOnline.ag yet, make sure you go 
on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, do so. And of course, as we mentioned, use our code CLNS50 so you can get a little welcome promo code and bet. <laughs> Lots of good stuff to bet on. No question. <laughs> well, that was another podcast in the books. I've lost count. Shout out to Paul Pierce. Shout out to Paul Pierce. You know why? Why? Podcast number 34. Shout uh, out to the truth. I like that. Shout out that's to what truth. we do here. We keep the truth on the A-list podcast. Trying to. Trying to. <laughs> trying well, to keep the truth and keep Kwani from being a walking bobblehead because that too. That's starting that to blow up a little bit. And when people blow up, sometimes the head blows up. And then next thing you know, you got the human bobblehead walking. I had that issue with your boy Kyle Draper, but that's another story. <laughs> He's not even here to defend himself. I know, I know, I know. I have to bring well, her back well, now in. Now we'll find out if up. he's a loyal listener. <laughs> I'll, 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 I have to bring her back in and just and tell him to his face because I've told him that before. So ain't nothing. Yeah, we've heard it before. <laughs> Great podcast, Sherrod. As always. As always. For A Sherrod Blakely, I'm Kwani A Lunas. Thank you for listening to the A List podcast. We are out. Bye.